Cypher Morris. Morris. And this is This Week in Car Audio. Tune in, tune in, tune in, This Week in Car Audio. Audio. Tune in, tune in, What we talking about, bass? Talking about chips? Talking about rings? You ain't got them, zip your lip. You got a problem you ever found? Check your grounds. This show about to start. Start. Tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in. Sorry, I totally forgot to unmute. Welcome to This Week in Car Audio with your host, Doug Stockton, the judge, and co-host Team DC Lucky. Our guest this week is Jacob Fuller, uh, Sundown Audio owner. And what else do you do there, Jacob? Owner, lead engineer, logistics manager, uh, inventory manager, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that need, needs to be done today, that's what you're doing. Uh, pretty much anything with product design, uh, finances, and uh, things like that. It's basically what I focus on. Cool. Well, we appreciate you coming on here today. Awesome. Um, so, uh, real quick before we get going here, uh, tips for the host. If you like uh, to share with Lucky and myself and you think this is a valuable program to help get information out and you'd like to help support the program, you can do it on Venmo and Cash App. Uh, Venmo at SonicFX, Cash App, dollar sign SonicFX. I believe I have a link to the, uh, to the Venmo and Cash App in the description. We want to give a special shout out to Rosie again for uh, donating again last week. Rosie Espinoza, talk about her going across the country. Next thing you know, she's throwing us money. Uh, Moses appreciate Martinez, yep. Yeah, her and <laughs> Moses uh, donating again, so we appreciate that. Okay, uh, so now we got that. Oh, also, you guys will be able to hear this about an hour afterwards. I'll have it on YouTube along with Spotify and iTunes, iHeartRadio. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere you get your normal, uh, your normal podcast uh, app. So anyway, so we'll be on streaming audio only. I'll put a link also on my Sonic FX page as soon as I get, uh, as soon as it gets through to the podcast uh, streamers. All right. Go I'll let you guys get started. I'm going to okay. be sharing these uh, right now, so I'll let you kick it off, Doug. All right. So Jacob. I uh, just wanted to get, throw a quick shout out to you for thank you. You and Sundown Audio, one of the biggest supporters of DB Drag Race. And absolutely, uh, we see tons of it all over the West Coast. I'm sure it's back East. Uh, you know, you guys are Oklahoma. Or no, no, you guys are in Alabama, huh? North Carolina is us. Yeah. Is in, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. You're North Carolina. Um, but. Yeah, so you guys are back east. I'm sure it's huge back east too. We have a really, actually, a pretty solid following for you out here in the West Coast. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really cool. I I appreciate that. Um, but this year, I know for a fact you at least sponsored the uh, trophies. So we were looking at that, and I was gonna bring up a picture of it, but I forgot. So if you guys <laughs> haven't seen the picture yet, go to the DB Drag page. Very unique custom trophies. They're going to be made out of plexiglass. They're going to have a Sundown logo at the bottom and all the DB Drag information up above it. So, hey, thank you very much, sir. Thanks, um, so uh, one of the things we do always talk about is um, 
is so did you actually compete i don't remember judging any vehicles that your name was tied to yeah um i didn't really compete honestly until after i started sundown and okay. uh, it's probably it was early like 07 08 i started i had uh, i had this old raggedy jeep that i took all over the place anywhere within four or five hours mm -hmm. it was every weekend uh, me and brandon we would get in the jeep it was a piece of crap i still have it <laughs> we would drive that thing out there and i would test all of the new subwoofers and uh soft parts coil configurations motors all that in my jeep i had a box i call it the call it the magic box it uh, holds 115 and i always did super good numbers with it uh eventually we made a version for an 18 and it's been a while since we tested it but uh the last time we fired it up <clears throat> we put a little sa18 in there and i think we did a 62 or some outlaw with it mm. That's not bad. Um, yeah, so uh, the bulk of our competitors and whatnot, we DB drag centric. Uh, we definitely in try and share other organizations and what they do. So uh, typically when you describe a, like you said, outlaw, uh, yeah. most of our competitors don't understand what that is. So for you people that don't understand that use a USACI score. Yes. And uh, it's door open, windows open, whatever makes you the loudest. And some of the DB drag vehicles, it's louder sealed up. Yeah, so my Jeep um, with uh, two or three DB less sealed up. So it was like 58, 59, something like that. Okay. An old, an old piece of junk. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, hey, 58, 59. How's that for a score, Lucky? Um, I'd say pretty good in my eyes, you know, <laughs> East coast guys are slamming. They're like killing it. But yeah. So today I finally hit a 59 and I was three, cl three clicks down and no wall. So I was scared to death even to test it, but I just couldn't curiosity killed the cat. I had to try it. So, but from here on out, I'm keeping it down till the uh, finals, but yeah. Um, also people in the chat, uh, mention where, where are we at? Uh, tell us where you guys are at there. Say hi to Jacob and make sure we can see it in the comments. Hit smash the like button, smash the heart button, thumbs up. Uh, let's get that shared. And, uh, you know, the more people we get in this, uh, we got Hank Beach and RP hanging yeah. in there. Uh, anybody the else? Check yep. Sound, sound check, boys. Herman's in here. <laughs> so Rob Collar, obviously, checking in. He watches the show pretty much every week lately, so... You know, he's definitely watching. Good thing. Sam Dunn, Indiana. Um, anyway, so uh, tell us a little bit about Sundown, how it got started kind of yeah. thing. So it's interesting. I just uh, – I really just shared our 15th anniversary SAZ 1500D on Facebook today. So this year is our 15th anniversary. Nice. Very nice. The SAZ 1500D actually came out in August of 2006, so it's almost exactly 15 years ago. And uh, nice. I was just kind of, um, I wasn't really an active competitor. You know, a lot of people that start companies, they're competitors first. Right here. But I was, I was an enthusiast. <laughs> you know, I was a, I would go to finals and stuff. I didn't compete, but I had a stereo and it was like a hobby, you know. Mm -hmm. And before I started Sundown, I had met some dudes in the industry. Actually, I met Nick Wright from Incriminator Audio probably four or five years before I started Sundown. Mm -hmm. I met Scotty Johnson. And uh, actually, Nick Lemons from Stare Integrity was my roommate in college, and uh, he's actually been around longer than me. A lot of people don't know that because his company's really small. But when we were in college, he had already started selling subwoofers. Okay. So we're still friends. He actually has a space in my building now. 
But uh, so I was a hobbyist. Uh, I was in college. Actually, quit college a year early because I just got tired of it. Worked a regular job for a while, you know. And knowing that I met all these people in the industry, and uh, actually, my my business mentor is is Dan Wiggins, uh, the Adire Audio, been at XPL and all that. And so I've talked to him all the time and, and learned a lot about subwoofer design, engineering, the industry, things like that. And then I just kind of got uh, after working at uh, I worked at a small company. Uh, actually a company that sold like keys for cars and houses and stuff like that very small mm -hmm. i saw that it was a family business and i was like man you know i feel like i could, could probably do this you know and i really like car audio and uh i was able to my folks were able to get together like fifty thousand dollars to invest in my company and that's how i started with the the 1500d and our first two channel the 100.2 and then just from there built it up that is awesome. That's a great story. Very similar to mine, uh, except for, like I said, I was a competitor. Um, yeah. I actually was, um, you know, friends with Nick prior to that. Uh, you know, I kind of was helping him getting started in the industry back in the day. And uh, so I was helping Nick out with that. And uh, I started myself. So. I moved out when I was 14 years old, so I didn't have no parents <laughs> helping me. Um, but what I did have was every penny I made went back into the company. And I was right. literally making subwoofers in my living room, in my garage. Um, started growing a little bit bigger and bigger and bigger. And next thing you know, uh, I had to start hiring employees. But at that point, uh, I really pissed off some of the big car audio names. <laughs> and um, so w when you started getting in, uh, they started opening up the markets with the Internet. Uh, right. When I first started, the markets weren't open at all. I literally would call the suppliers, the same suppliers you're using now, I guarantee it. But I would call them and they would be like, or, you know, sometimes email, but normally it was a phone call. Hey, my name is Doug Stockton. I'm with Sonic FX. I design and build subwoofers. I need to buy these parts. And they were like, I don't know where you got our number. I don't know who you are. Um, who would have given you our number? And then you tell <laughs> them, you know, I say, oh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Scott from FI Car Audio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Scott was a big guy, big proponent of getting me started. And right. I know Demetrius from Arc Audio. And they both said, hey, you're the one to call. Yeah, we don't know those people. And then they would hang up on me. And then right. they would call me back like the next day or two hours later. All right, we checked out your references. You're good. What do you need? Wow. So <laughs> sometimes I wish it was more like that still. <laughs> yes, uh, but but at that time we were looking at from the manufacturing into the dealers, we were about 450 to 500 percent profit. Right. And now we're lucky to be 100 percent profit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everybody's but, got their own company popping up, and and then of course you have the race to zero brands and all that. Of course we. Yep. I won't mention anything, <laughs> but that's, that's in the heart of the industry. And I feel like one of the biggest struggles I had coming out was uh, not just coming out, but trying to sell a product and not give it away. Yep. Because especially where you're a new brand, everybody's like, Oh, hook me up. Oh, I'll put a sticker on my car. Can I get one for free? This and that, you know, and you stick to your guns. That's uh, Dan Wiggins always told me that. Yes. He was like, he was like, listen, you set your price, what it product's worth. And that's what it's worth. You keep coming down, you can never go back up. Yeah. No, yeah, because and once you're down, totally there's sense. there's yeah. never going up from down. Yeah. 
because yeah. uh, you devalue your product, you devalue your brand by accepting that lower price. Exactly. You know, so, I, I have meetings with Dan usually every year, but with COVID, I haven't seen him lately. But I remember uh, I was having a hard time in the early days. I was like, man, I just can't keep anything in stock. Mm-hmm. So I met with Dan. And he was like, oh, okay, well, just you're, you're, it's too cheap. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know about that. He's like, <laughs> what's your problem? I don't have enough stuff to sell. Okay. I'm telling you it's too cheap. <laughs> Law of supply and demand, right? Yeah, so I was like, okay. Well, and he goes, but the number one thing he gave me is, is you need to take care of your dealers. Make sure your dealers make yes. money. And they'll make sure you make money. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a really big lesson for me. And it was, uh, what year was it? It's probably 13, 14, 15, somewhere around there when we really pushed a lot more margin to our dealers. And that's okay. when we started growing pretty exponentially. Yeah, so I was in for almost two years, about a year and a half. And then I decided, hey, this online thing is cool, but if I am going to make this as a permanent business and long time, you have to go with the brick and mortars. Oh, that's yeah. that's where your money, That those are the people that are gonna pay every single month. Um, you know, they're gonna be ordering from you constantly. They're the ones actually gonna sell your product to more people than you could ever reach. Right. You know, if you're, if you're direct, like you're the salesman, you know, mm-hmm. there's tools, Google, Facebook, all that, that you can pay. We don't pay any of that. Like right. we don't, I don't do any search engine optimization, $0. Yeah. Maybe spend two or $3,000 on Facebook ads a year. Mm-hmm. None of that stuff at all. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. when I was going, I, I was tech support. You called me if you bought a subwoofer. From, you called me and I designed you a box, right? So yeah. now people are spending at that time about five hundred dollars for a single woofer, and then they would get a box design. You know what's a box design worth? Six, seven hundred dollars for a full design with cut sheet, right? You know that that's worth my time, right? And I would spend my time doing that. And then, like I said, so I moved into the um, letting the dealers sell the product. And I took yeah. a little, little bit back, and and that way, and I helped the dealers out, and that's when I really pissed off the big boys in our local <laughs> area. I I went I went from like eighty thousand in sales to almost a million in sales in like three months. Damn. And um, dude, and, and I was I could not just like you said I couldn't get it out of the door fast enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, I was driving down to Vegas to get stuff from Scott. I'm like, Scott, I just need to borrow some parts because back then, a lot, a lot of the stuff was universal. So right. my coils were different, my uh, spider packs were different, right? But my motors were the HC whatever motor that everybody was using back then. The RE and uh, the TC9 maybe. Uh, TC9 was using it too, but it was called an HC something. So TC9 actually got it from Scott at FI, right? Right. Um, so, you know, so that's the motor I was using. So I would literally drive to Vegas or LA at the time and say, Scott, dude, I just need to borrow <laughs> some parts from you. My shipment's coming in, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, shipment thing is a whole debacle right now. And uh, I think I have, a, I have a new personal record with a delayed container. Okay. <laughs> just unloaded a container today uh-huh. that left China on June 26th. Of last year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This year, fortunately. So it was a month and a day, three months and a day mm-hmm. from the time it left there. It, uh, I don't normally go to LAX, but we couldn't oh. ship to go anywhere else that time. Gotcha. One, 
Went into LAX. It sat in LAX for 41 days. Uh, customs? It's just they, they couldn't get it on the rail. Oh, man. It's not uh, there waiting on the rail. Just wait because, you know, I'm all the way out here. So I right. Have to go on the <laughs> yeah no i so I, i'm fortunate you know i i shipped to lax and worst case scenario it's a four and a half hour drive for me to go pick yeah. up my stuff right yeah. um and i did that more yeah. than once the rail is a whole nother debacle it's like the, the rail infrastructure in our country is a joke you know and so it just does not work well hmm. i've never had a positive rail experience <laughs> okay i i've never used rails so i can't speak to it you know either way as soon as they say rail, I'm like, here we go. <laughs> uh, you got anything catch popping up in the chat, Lucky? Let me check it out. Let's see who's in here. Um, let's see. If anybody has any questions, make sure and speak up in here. Uh, what's up, Chris Jenner, Steve Herman, Santiago's in here, uh, Greg, uh, RP. I think we already said most of these names going on. Got Jose Ramos in here. What's going on? Chris Jenner. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hank Beach is on here. RP, any questions at all? Uh, love some Jacob Fuller from Sandun. Uh, let's see here. Rob Collar. Uh, Cavallo joined in. What's up, fellas? Big Cavallo in the house. Uh, Rob Collar relaxing. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Cookie Cutter Brand, Sam Dunn said. Uh, ZVX Gang from Moses Martinez. Yep. Um, yep, I'm not seeing... Uh, Okay. Oh yeah, so, Jose's Jose's tripping on the seven hundred dollars for an uh, enclosure design. He's asking about that. Uh, um, he said, "Man, I need to charge more." Let's see here. Well, well, you have to charge what your time's worth to you at that time. So at that time, I worked a full time job in the San Francisco, lived in Merced. Uh, for you that don't know, that's one hundred and thirteen miles one way. So every morning I get up at two thirty a.m., drive to San Francisco, hang sheetrock all day, then drive back home you know, get back home three or four in the afternoon and until I went to bed, do nothing but make woofers. So right. for me to stop that and make a box design for somebody, yeah, that's why I was charging what I was charging. So. I do have a question from Ray. Ray, yeah. yeah, I was just about to ask you that. Yeah, Ray Marastis. Yeah. So that's actually. Uh, so what normal. is the, you got to read the question for the guys that watch back on audio or listen back. Yeah. Uh, what's louder, a four or eight layer and a three inch coil? So that, that's really a loaded question, I, and it's not really something you can answer directly. Right. So the way that I design woofers, I actually prefer to get most of my BL from the B, which would mean using a coil with fewer layers. So for example, my Neos are, are four layers, because I, I have a tremendous amount of B, and I use less L to get the mass and the inductance down. Now, I prefer that, but there's another way to go about it. Like, uh, for example, the Incriminator Audio of Warden, he uses a big gap with a four plus four, eight layer, mm -hmm. significantly less B, but at least twice as much L. And the, you know, the end effect is pretty similar, but the problem that you're gonna run into, it depends on your, your soft parts and your mass, the suspension stiffness rates and things like that, because his coil, the, like the warden coil is very heavy compared to my coil. So you need to run more spiders to get your FS in line, things like that. So it really can work out either way. But if I try to answer it in like a more generic fashion, like let's say for example, my ZV5 motor, we had an eight layer that would go in it um, that we use for the 24 specifically. Generally, if you stick an eight layer in that motor, it's going to get louder because you get, uh, and that motor was about 40 to 50% more motor force factor. You know, but at the same time, that lowers your QTS. It can sometimes alter your low end response. 
but the mass lowers your FS. So it's kind of a complicated answer. You, you can't just say, hey, put a bigger, thicker coil in there. It's going to be louder. There's a lot of variables. Yeah. So what I used to tell people when they would ask questions very similar to that is imagine that that subwoofer has 100 hit points. Right. If you raise this something, then that means this lowers. You exactly. still only have 100 points to use. It's just a matter of where you want to use them within that system. And, you know, that that was for me, somebody, you know, I, I was a little geeky growing up. I did play some D&D &D and whatnot, right? So oh, yeah. you, you start with your uh, player and your player gets 100 hit points, uh, you know, 100 points. You use them for charisma or, you know, you choose whatever you want them to play, whatever you want. But ultimately, you still only have the 100 points. Yeah, I'm a nerd as well. It looks like we got a bunch more questions, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm reading them as you're talking, and I was about to ask, get to ask them, but go ahead, Jacob. Let me try here. Kavio Miles, do you do OEM builds? Yes, we do. Um, you can email me if you're interested. And what would that email be? That would be jacob at sundownaudio.com. like to keep it simple. <laughs> so we have yeah. Kyle Ernie. Why do my LCSs take a Crossfire 2K when they're only rated 300 watts? So fair question. Uh, so the LCS currently is actually, you can actually think of it as an upgraded version of our E version two, which I rated that at 500 Watts. Now I conservatively rated the LCS for 300. So our dealers would pair it with an SFB 600 going out the door. Customers will never come back ever. So you have a very underrated driver here with 300 Watts, like, and 500 was underrated, you know, and it has very good cooling, especially the V2 LCS. We added uh, under spider venting, it's got gap venting on a pretty decent sized two inch coil. So it's pretty robust. So it's definitely gonna do a lot more than what we say. Okay. And, and you're, you're safe doing that, right? Because if somebody sends you back a woofer and the coils burnt, literally burnt, and they say, oh no, I only ran 400 watts to it. You're like. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> do, do you know how much wattage it takes to burn this coil? <laughs> It's a very robust coil with extremely efficient uh, air cooling, very high velocity air movement, things like that. You know, and it's, you don't really see that in the cheap woofers that often. Mm -hmm. So have you ever tried the, uh, the vented formers? I don't like them. Okay. So, so when I did try them, I liked them. We did get more cooling with the vented uh, formers, but I folded some coils. So, yeah, and there, there's some variables here too. Like I had spoken to the owner of NCA Labs. Oh, okay, yeah. They use their cooling system is ju just a vented pole. Right. And then testing if they vented the former, they gained cooling. Now, if you use a cooling system like what I do that has a lot of directional airflow, the 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 holes in the former vent are going to short out the airflow, so you're going to have leakage between the section where the, it's drawing in and going out, and it actually interferes with it. Now, one of the things I did find with the uh, vents in the former, in my old Jeep, for example, it was usually good for about 0.4 dB on a solid pole woofer, because it, it would relieve some pressure. Right. But on a solid pole, that does cancel out some of your pressure effects, so um, it would lower your cooling. The only time that I really see an advantage to that is when you have just a standard pole vent. Yeah. And, and, and so, uh, understand when I was building these, we were just building pure SPL drivers, right? Right. And the biggest amp out, we were developing a 2,500 watt amp back then. Right. So right. Yeah, the power envelopes are so yeah. much different now. And, you know, you talk about like a high excursion driver now, like a ZV5, ZV6. I mean, this thing mechanically can move back and forth five inches. So you're, you're compressing this huge column of air through yeah. this small space. 
you know, and really by doing so, you're creating an enormous amount of uh, heat dissipation. You know, basically like what I tell people is you get that woofer moving, it's going to cool like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. You get, you get the same woofer and get it moving a quarter inch with the same amount of power. You're going to burn that sucker up in a heartbeat. Mm. <laughs> did did you ever happen to see uh scott with fi's uh he had that one spring square driver that he made yep you ever yeah, see that one yeah yeah that, that was actually a really cool concept i don't know that it, it was ever practical and was put into use anywhere but holy good crap i mean you literally had yeah you know you, you eight nine inches whatever you wanted within yeah, the, I remember, the frame I was saying the x-max wars back in the day yes I think that Dan had a part in that because Dan has a patent on it. He calls it arachnid. Okay. Yeah, and he has used it in, in industrial applications. And um, I don't know if they ever made it to production, but uh, Nick Lemons at Stair Integrity has some prototype mid ranges with those metal spiders on. Oh. That, that Dan had done. And uh, Dan had done uh, noise cancellation, industrial noise cancellation with that. Okay. The yeah. driver that needs to reliably move six inches peak to peak 24 7. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. stuff that you didn't think was ever happening in the world. Whenever you talk to Dan, <laughs> really? Yeah, that I like said same thing when you talk to Scott, right? Yeah, um, Scott's I, pretty out there, man. He's he's got a lot of cool ideas. No, he, he he's definitely not an in the box thinker, right? <laughs> he's done some interesting things over the years, man. Yeah, I gotta tell you, though, probably his my favorite warfare that they've ever made was probably the UFO BTL. Don't. Not familiar with that one at all. Uh, it was, you know, they had the original BTL, which was 220 magnets, triple stack. Right. And after that, they did a single wide slug on it. Everybody called it the UFO. Oh. I like that one. I think, you know, dollar to, dollar to performance is probably one of the better drivers that they've made, in my opinion. Mm. Okay. Uh, so, uh, while Lucky's looking through the questions again, um, how are you doing internationally? Are you just a U.S. brand or are you? Oh, no, we've got all over the world. Um, Brian, actually, he manages all that. Now, I used to talk to all these guys, but it just was overload. So Brian, you know, he's the host of our Sundown After Dark podcast, Brian. Oh. And he does with all those guys. Like we have uh, uh, Uruguay, Paraguay, Panama, Mexico, Canada, Germany, Italy, uh, Russia we used to have, but not so much. Um, we have a guy and, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of all what the about the now. Caribbean. We have some uh, Trinidad. Yeah. Yeah. We have Trinidad okay. pretty heavily. And I think we have a small guy. Yeah. We have a small guy in Ecuador and there, there's more too. Brian could probably list them all off more reliably at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you seen any other questions that are interesting there to you lucky? Um, everybody's just asking about the uh, V3 compacts. Uh, <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> yeah. So what's the B3 compact? I'm not familiar B3, with that. V3 compact. V3. What's that? Yeah. A lot of people asking about that. Um, what is yeah. that? That is our SPL woofer. Uh, we call okay. it the compact Neo because it is very small. Um, the V1 and V2 are only 190 millimeters around and super short. So one of the problems that um, I saw with like, for example, a DDZ, if you are going to run like a street class, like you can't fit that sucker in the box, you know, it's just such a yeah. big freaking thing. So when I was doing this design, it was my first design. I was like, well, I'll go back and make a bigger one later, but this one ended up being so good. I never did that. So I just kept pursuing the, the compact. So everybody just calls it the compact, but the third version is in production right now. Uh, it has some secret sauce inside, which I am not disclosing at this time. Um, but 
I will tell you this, uh, theoretically, in the testing done so far, theoretically, when Derek tested it, he should have been about 1.8 dB more efficient. Okay. So he should have used like 66% less power for the same score. Uh, he actually used uh, half the power and got the same score. So it was even better than that. <laughs> Dang, that's uh, uh, pretty uh, solid. 170, he cut his power in half. Okay. Uh, yeah, so so I I don't know if you know, but so I'm the judge for DB Drag West Coast, right? Uh, do all California, been doing this 21 years as a judge. Uh, I don't, honestly, couldn't tell you what anybody runs in their vehicles. So okay. when I'm asking you, you know, you're telling me about these subwoofers. I don't yeah. look at, because when you're talking that level and stuff, and also when I'm a judge, I have zero reason to know what brand subwoofer somebody's running, <laughs> right? Right. Um, I have zero reason to know how many watts somebody sub or amplifiers. I don't care if they got a, you know, 30k or whatever. When I clamp it, he's in the 500 watt class, and if he does more than 500 watts, he doesn't qualify, right? right. So realistically, when you guys talk models and stuff like that, Lucky's way better at that than I am because I don't. It, yeah. it means zero to me, you know. There's so many things out there, you know. Um, but I, it, unfortunately, they won't be ready for finals this year. But because I, I was joking with Nick and Incriminator, I'm like, man, they're going to have to run either your sub or my sub to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lucky's going to try and uh, break that one there with the DC stuff. So, what, what, uh, which model do you have, Lucky? I can't honestly, I can't recall. Uh, as far as what amps, subs, the subs are the uh, new Elite 18s, three of them. Yeah. yeah. Those are pretty comparable to a lot of the top of the line Neo, so that's it's you're pretty solid, I would say. Yeah, and I haven't had to do a recon on on any of those, and I've had them for shoot over a year. I mean, I beat the hell out of them, so I mean they're they're good, they're holding up. So, yeah. True. Um, yeah. Um, when I was running Sundown, um, you know, in the beginning I had everything Sundown. Um, and I think I started out with like the man. I hope I get the the names right. It's, it's been a while, but the ZV fives. Uh, xv2s and then i had the nfg4s um okay. and then i started out with uh you guys had a 6000 watt amp right was it the yeah, six scv 6000 probably there you go so i had that one and then i upgraded to the 7500 scv the yeah. 7500 watt and uh went from having two uh subs uh 15s to then i went to three three fifteens and uh yeah I, I loved it man everything that i had in there was good um it was more so the reason i switched was just convenience uh you know dc like right here you know and i'm sure you guys get the same thing over there you guys probably don't see too much dc it's more more sundown but you know i've always i've always spoke highly of sundown you know um great 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 product and i had everything from door speakers rca subs amps i mean it was decked out i had the big sundown decal on the side of the the truck you know so yeah. Yeah. Well, as long as you're happy with what you're running, I'm I'm good with it. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we tell that's what we tell everybody, man. It's yeah. it's it's whatever makes you happy, whatever sounds good to you, then then fuck it, run it, you know? Yep. So. Yeah, if if you're happy with what you got, that's the perfect system. I don't care if it costs you a hundred dollars or if it costs you a hundred thousand dollars. It's I serious. When I started out, my system was a piece of crap, but I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember the vehicle that was at uh, Surf City. Um, I wasn't feeling too well that day. I was really, really hungover. Um, 
but I was in the lanes and a buddy of mine gets in my truck and he's like, dude, do you hear that system over there? And I'm like, yeah, I fucking hear it. He's like, dude, that whole system costs like 500 bucks. And he just had like a massive build of just Walmart stuff. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and that thing, you know, just cause it was built right. You know, the, the enclosure was done right. Everything was done right. That yeah. thing sounded fucking massive. I was like, wow. You know, so yeah, for sure. Uh, we got uh, Nick, uh, not Nick Nolte. <laughs> John Nolte. John Nolte. Nick Nolte. Good old Nick Nolte's in yeah, here. Yeah, Nick Nolte's in here. Those rasty boys. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I remember um, when he was in the lanes with his blazer. When I came home, my boys were much smaller. And I showed them the video of John. Because, you know, they were like, where were you, Dad? And so I showed them the video. And then my little son was like, I want to see Purple Beard Man again. <laughs> hey, he went back purple if you haven't seen lately. Yeah. He did. He went back to purple. As a, matter, as a matter of fact, that's where I first seen uh, John Nolte was um, at Surf City, I believe. And he was walking around and he was walking up to everybody's car and giving them the sticker of him with the glasses and the purple beard. Oh, yeah. You know, and at the time, I'm like, you know, I'm new to the game and I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, why would I, why would I put this on my vehicle? You know, yeah. and then I meet I meet him and he's he's fucking awesome, dude. And he's fucking yeah. genius. You he's know, ra totally rad guy, man. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get another one of those stickers. <laughs> <laughs> so so he was a big deal. So back when I started my Sonic FX subwoofers, um, I bounced some stuff off with John Nolte a little bit, you know, sending him some woofers to try. Him and Scott Sanborn, uh, good friends at that time. And uh that's when John had the two little six and wouldn't tell you yeah. what's in there. Right. And he had his transmission line for lack of a better term. It was his what he called a snail shell. But it was a box design um, similar to a transmission line, uh, but much shorter. And he would have you sit and guess what subwoofers. And he would just do videos of people guessing, oh, that's two 15s. And then you'd open up the trunk and it's two six and a halfs. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We actually got one of John's boxes. He started calling them double shot. So the double shot was, so the single shot was just for, and then the double shot was obviously for two. Uh, Brian ran one in his car for a while with two of our six and a halfs. Yep. It was, it was pretty stellar. And, and the thing with it though, was it wasn't a one note wonder. It was a right. bandwidth. It, it care. It's so it, it kind of not, I wouldn't say self tuned, but as the excursion of the driver changed, it changed the tuning of the box. Right. So because of that, you had a much broader bandwidth uh, that that box would play. So See, people asking about colored cones and surrounds, <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, you're on them questions, man. You're multitasking. Yeah. Like awesome. <laughs> Servo tune. I'm, that's I'm, what John I'm, calls it. I'm trying to like pay attention to what you guys are talking about. I'm trying to like look at questions, make sure I'm not going to re-ask the same question. Jacob's yeah. over here. Just like, boop, boop, boop. I got uh, this. So, you know, so Moses is calling out Bradshaw said Bradshaw had a question. What, what, Hey, what's he doing stopping making you a sandwich? Dude, tell me get in the kitchen, make you a sandwich. Yeah, make my sandwich. You hear the sound of that? It's the sound of you not making me a sandwich. <laughs> so what was his so, question? So anyway, Brett Barber also is the one who, uh, he joined in, and he was the one who got in my vehicle when I wasn't feeling so well. He said it was a power acoustic subs in that Jeep. So, yeah, power acoustic. It was all power acoustic. Um, so let's look for Dave uh, Bradshaw's question. Uh, let's see here. I'll look forward to you oh, guys want to keep Oh, that's going. the colored cones. Okay, is that what he's talking about? Yeah. 
You know, as much as I'd like to do that, I feel like uh, my buddy David at PSI has that unlocked pretty good. <laughs> so is, is that David that was over with FI, RE Audio, and then FI? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he switched out. He has PSI fixed my speaker. And he makes, like, all these crazy, like, pink surrounds and stuff. It's pretty cool. Oh. Hey, so he's another very interesting fellow. Yeah, he's great, man. He's, <laughs> I've known him forever, again, yep. well before sundown. Always yep. been a great guy to hang out with, uh, you know, and he's been cool all these years. But he's, he's very interesting, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, he he's definitely, if you are a drinker and you like to do stuff in Vegas, hang out with David in Vegas drinking. <laughs> you're you're going to have a story at the end of that. Man, I wasn't man enough to do that. Uh, what's Dave's last name? Moore. Uh, yeah, David Moore. That's right. So yeah, so yeah, so hang out with Dave in Vegas drinking. I guarantee, dude, it's gonna be like uh, what was that movie uh, where they go there for the wedding and they end up on the rooftop? Uh, uh, hangover. Hangover. Yeah, you're gonna have a hangover like story with Dave. Dave Dave's a pretty cool dude, but he uh, he, he can get tore up. He goes hard. <laughs> so I this uh, my may have already been brought up, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Sundown still making team series subs anymore uh, by Troy uh, Lorenz. Right now, right now, no. Um, but you guys can see what I'm working on if you look at uh, JP's Tahoe. Uh, he has the a special version just for him of the team version three. Mm -hmm. What they're gonna look like is basically what JP has minus the fins. Uh, that was a concept that I did with these heatsink fins sticking out the side. But when we went to build them, it was a huge pain to do. So I was like, ah, I'm not going to do that. The tooling JP, on it? It's just because we, we assembled the motors in-house. Oh, okay. And all the fins like put in and all that stuff it was just a huge amount of labor. And the finning was actually a lot more expensive than I had anticipated. So I didn't want to do it. But I had shown JP a picture, and he's like, hey, man, I really want those <laughs> So if you look in his Tahoe, he's got special edition. It has like defrost, laser etched in the back and everything. But it'll be basically just like that minus the fins. And I honestly wish I had an ETA right now, but I don't. Um, that particular factory that makes those is in Guangdong province. And right now they're having like power rationing and all this stuff oh, in yeah. addition to everything else. Yeah, it's like, it's really bad. So I, don't, I really don't know. I wish I could say. Yeah, no, that that's tough. Like I said, um, you know, I, I tell people, you know, they're like, well, American made this and I appreciate that. Yours is American yes. assembled. But the thing is, is we cannot uh, get the products here in America, even a portion of the price, you know, the, that we get it from overseas. I, I could tell you stories yeah. all night about yeah. this. Um, I'll give oh, I'll just give you an example. Mm -hmm. So I have a new basket tooling. I'm going to offer the nightshade in an eight, which is technically a nine. It's oversized. So I was initially like, hey, I want to make this basket in America. So I looked around. I emailed uh, 15 different companies. Um, three of them responded to me. Uh, two of them says that their particular type of casting they did was not compatible. The last company that said that their process was compatible was in North Carolina. So I was like, great, you guys in North Carolina, let's do this. Here's this is what I want. And they're like, okay, cool. So I was comparing the tooling quote from the China tooling quote. Mm -hmm. They wanted 25 times more. Wow. <laughs> Now let's put, that in, let's put that in real numbers. Yeah. China wanted four thousand; they wanted a hundred thousand. Wow! Make the mold. Yeah, that, they, that that doesn't even count for one. 
Right, they, that's just the mold, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Then they wanted literally five times the amount of money per piece minus finish, whereas the China was finished. Right. And this is the real kicker. While I was digesting all this information, before I got a chance to respond to them, they followed up and says, but we're really not interested in taking this on. <laughs> wow. And their price well, reflected it. Wow. <laughs> out of 15 companies, the only one that even responded or could do it didn't care. And I, I tried to make my new Mega W in America. I've been going back and forth with those guys for almost a year. And they basically ghosted me. So I'm going to take that back to China. Um, I'm yep. three years into an AMP project in America. I'm still chugging along with that. Uh, I have an engineering team in America working on it. We have a company set up to make it, but it's like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, those amps are going to be really cool, and I am going to make them in America. Uh, are you working with Zeph on that, or? It is uh, nobody in the audio field. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, contact an engineer who is very talented in uh, industrial um, high-frequency circuit controls and things like that. When I told him I want an audio amplifier, he's like, oh, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so I will tell you when I talked to some battery guys that have nothing to do with the car audio and they were like oh you just want to pull this much I can fix something like that fairly easy and that was back in the day so back in the day uh, Luma Pro I don't know if you remember Luma Pro okay so Luma Pro uh, they had their engineer was on there and I was explaining to him DB drag and this and that and he essentially literally drew on a piece of paper and he goes oh you guys are going all wrong about this battery thing you you guys don't want batteries <laughs> and he essentially drew what what you guys would call a yilong bank nowadays he's like yeah. no 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 this is a capacitor it's lithium this is what you're going to want you're going to have to put a bms on it and and this was back in like 2004 2005 he's like you guys are going down the wrong road because he uh... you know he wasn't part of really the audio field he was just there to help yeah. sell something with Aluma Pro. I don't even remember what it was. And he's they made, like, they made some super caps too, even back in the day. So maybe that's what it was. It was part of his super caps. Maybe he was part of that engineering team. Yeah. And that's, I, I can drop a little nuggets about this amp, but I don't want to, I don't really want to put too much out there because you know how the industry. So when the amp is done, uh, the first, the first model is going to be 3,600 watt mono at one ohm. Um, we anticipate the size to be somewhere around a four inch square to a five inch square. Five by five type yeah. or four. Okay. Somewhere four to four inch square to five inch square. Depending by on, how tall? It'll be, it'll be a little taller than normal. Right. Um, just the way it's going to work out. Mm -hmm. uh, now this is the cool thing about it. Um, 95% end to end efficiency. So, okay. I'm not trying to down anything, but <laughs> You obviously, I know you obviously know 95% efficiency is, I mean, that's a goal up here, right? 89% all day long. Right. I mean, but that's still a fairly efficient amp at 89%. 95% for real. 95 is a big, that's a big number, right? So it's fascinating. And every step of the way has been, has been optimized. The guy I'm working with has a patent on, um, Transformers that are more efficient, different winding okay. types, patent on that, various other patents in the feedback circuitry, this and that. And I don't want to drop any more information directly no, about no. why it's so efficient. But uh, the other interesting thing about it is it will, it will be 100% stable at a half ohm resistive loads as well. And it should also double power. So that'll be fascinating for people.
Yeah. yeah. It'd be awesome to see. You know, I, I remember, uh, you know, I totally remember the, um, y y I don't know if you, US Amps, they tried doing the, the tube amp for the car. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that thing was what, 40% efficient, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're really bad. But it definitely gave you a totally different sound in the car, right? Because yeah. tube amps, nobody's. I mean, I would say 80% of the people out there today probably never even heard a tube, tube amp. In my, my home stereo, I use a tube preamp on my uh, record player because I, I enjoy that. Yeah, and, and, and it gives it a, I mean, there's no way to describe it really except for maybe a warm feel. Yeah, it, it's warm. It's warm from the second order harmonic distortion. Which, yes. Uh, yeah, so it, it it's really cool the tube amp thing. The US amps was trying that tube amp deal. I was like, dude, that was awesome. Uh, but they can only, you know, I mean, with with efficiency, I mean, you were only looking at like a, I think it was only like a three or a four hundred watt amp, you know. And push on a tube, that's pushing. It might have even been a hybrid. It could have yes. been a tube um, solid state hybrid. You know, yeah. trying to get four hundred tube watts would be insane. Like, it would. The size of your car. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, like, so I did build a tube amp, I don't know, 2003 or something, and it was 30 Watts. Right. Yeah. That's um, a beast. That, that was a beast. So it was a console, right? So it went inside of a console stereo and yeah. I built that and I was like, and you know, and, and that's one of those things that, um, as your tubes get older, they sound better. Mm -hmm. Oh, good Lord, man. A nice old warm tube. It just, <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's a different sound. Yeah. And so, Doug, I will drop one more thing on you about that amp. Okay. Just, make, just so that you know that I'm not making this up. No, I, I'm not saying you are. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a lofty goal, right? So uh, the secret is not using standard transistors. So I'm just saying you're <laughs> not the first. I know. But I, I, I think it would be awesome if it works. You're right. Not the first. Yes. Um, I think that we have the tools needed to actually bring it to production. That's why we weren't working with a manufacturing company in America. Right. You don't need that stuff stolen and property and rights also, and all that. A lot of the, toler the tolerances necessary to, to make this device work are incredibly fine. And I, 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 you don't really find those kind of tolerances in no. contract manufacturing facilities in Asia. Yeah. And I was actually telling Lucky about that the other day. Um, you know, because he was talking about some amps and why do I have to adjust the gain so differently from amp to amp? And every single component in one of those amps, if you're getting a high quality one, is a three to five percent tolerance. Right. If you're getting a lower quality one, it's as much as ten percent tolerance. Absolutely. In the components. So, and that's one component out of hundreds inside of an amp. The cascade. So, it's like. Yep. There's, there's, there's huge variances, honestly, if you think about yeah. it. No, no, at 3% is huge. Yeah. I mean, because every one of those components, that's a multiple. That's not a like a plus or minus sign. That's a multiple or divisible sign, right? So mm -hmm. every time you add those, it's, it's huge numbers. It's huge gains or losses. You know, and people are like, oh, well, you should use higher tolerance parts, but nobody's going to pay for that. You know, yeah. it's like, oh. It's exponential. You go from a 5% to a 1%, like the cost is just ballooned drastically. Yes. Yeah. And, and everybody's like, oh, it's cool that I'm not buying it. <laughs> yeah. So I will tell you when I was doing my subwoofer manufacturing. So I did go to um, uh, the manufacturer I was using. 
they really like the uh, five to eight percent tolerance uh, stuff. And I switched all my stuff to the two to five percent. And when I yeah. did that, they were like, um, dude, uh, that's going to cost you some more. And they acted like I was trying to steal their child. And then when it, <laughs> but but at that time, the difference in cost for amp was eleven dollars. Right. And I'm going, I'm going to add twenty dollars to my amp. I'm going to sell it as a better amp. And I'll pay that $11. And they still didn't really want to do that overseas because they want yeah. to build the, custom, you know, the standard those core. Guys are, those guys are funny. Like when you're talking to some of these build houses and you're like, for example, I, I like to run heavier heat sinks, you know, and yeah. I was when I, SFB line, for example, we compared to what they wanted us to do. It's 75% it's heavier and like, oh, it's going to cost so much money. But like on the 8,000, it was like $10. You yeah. Know? <laughs> nice. Like, but it's so much better. Yes. Um, and, and like some of those costs, yeah, hey, it's worth doing, right? But when you're saying, like you said, go down to 1% tolerance yeah. components and then you times it by how many you have in there. Yeah, that one diode or whatever is only a half a cent, but yeah. now it's two cents. And then that's only one out of hundreds of components. And they keep adding it up. Next thing you know, that amplifier cost you $300 more. Um, and you have to keep your doors open, right? So yeah. if you aren't making a profit, Absolutely. You don't have your doors open. I got to tell you guys this. I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, this happened to me with the transistor shortage. Uh, there are counterfeit transistors everywhere again. Oh, really? It has the part number on it. It looks like it. If you put a DMM on it, it measures like the correct gate resistance and stuff like that, but you can weigh it and it's lighter. So we had like a whole batch come through and they had a whole batch of amps that got rejected. Oh, dude, that's because so sucks. Transistors were counterfeit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, you I know, basically they didn't know they assembled it, but as soon as you turn it on, bam, done. Yeah. Uh, just saying, John Nolte just posted in here. He sent me a message. I'll share it with you. Have you been talking to him about your amp? I, uh, yeah, I have. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that may be where he got that information. So. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, so I geek out on that kind of stuff. I really oh, enjoy yeah. it. Um, it, I don't know if you've seen, I'm, I'm sure you haven't seen our show before, but we had like, um, Nathan Munson on here. I mean, he's another yeah, dude. Did, dude. Nathan, did Nathan ever tell you the story of me and him? I don't believe he did. So, okay. I finally met Nathan just a couple of years ago, but to me, he was like some unobtainable celebrity. Okay. Uh, Sounds similar to my show, my my thing with him. Go ahead. I was reading about him in magazines when I was in high school. I was like, man, this Nathan Munson guy is so awesome. I'll probably never meet him though. You know? And then I show up at New Mexico uh, finals one year, and I'm, there he is. And I'm like, bro, you're Nathan <laughs> Munson. He's like, bro, you're Jacob Fuller. I had a similar thing with Bobby Gately. I was like, oh my god, it's Bobby Gately. <laughs> you know? And then both of them, they're like, oh, it's cool to meet you. I'm like, no, 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 me first. <laughs> no yeah, i had the opportunity of working with bobby gately for a while man really really cool guy he did a lot of my enclosures for me yeah so he's a super rad dude he's awesome like he made me a box and it's too cool for me to put in my car so <laughs> i'm gonna put it up on the wall in my office yeah <laughs> he does he does some pretty work I, yeah he just did a desk for steve mead actually i don't know if you guys if you guys saw that the the no. office desk that he did with the Gately logos all in it, built it just like he does his uh, stained boxes. Oh, really? 
Thank you, my my rad. So I'm I'm being a bad friend right now. I was gonna I was talking to Bobby about building me a box for my new truck, and then I kind of ghosted him. Because <laughs> I've been uh, I had some issues with a blood pressure medication, and it put me out of commission for like two weeks. <laughs> Oof. So uh, I fell behind on a lot of things. So I got to get back to Bob. Bobby. If you're watching, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Bobby does tune in quite a bit on this thing here and there. He uh, he's a big supporter of mine. I've been doing stuff with Bobby probably since. 2008 or so so you know i've known bobby a long time a lot he used to sponsor some of my beginning events and whatnot hey oh there we go so uh salise just chimed in says uh mega thanks to sundown audio for supporting the competitors and sponsoring the db drag finals trophies so yeah you did do the trophies (laughs) yeah i I always want to do something for finals like sometimes i'm very forgetful so i'm glad that people remind me you know i was like i was like oh yeah yeah i should do that yeah (laughs) So, but, uh, so my guess is we're going to see you back East most likely or no, yeah, I, I'm more than likely to go to Alabama. I got to hang out with my dude, uh, Mr. Nick Wright and Incriminator, you know? I, so <laughs> I would hang out with him too, but I don't want people to think that, uh, I give him favoritism. So, uh, <laughs> as a, you know, so yeah. So yeah. like I said, yeah. I've known Nick a long time. Uh, Nick's a great guy. Um, he, he's done some, I mean, pretty solid things for me. You know, I've tried helping him out when I can. And he, he but he's, he comes to see us from time to time. We always have a good time with him at the office. Oh, yeah. uh, I hired my cousin Donnie to come work for me a couple of years ago. And uh, Nick came to the shop and he walked back to our build room. Donnie was back there putting some nightshade motors together with the neo magnets and all that. And uh, he put his soda down and he reached and got it real quick. And Nick's like, it's aluminum, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and so we say that all the time now. It's aluminum, bro. <laughs> so Dave Bradshaw in here. Uh, why is Scar and Sundown so similar in design? Well, we're not supposed to brand bash. So I don't know how far we should get into that. So no, no. So so anyway, it, it's, <laughs> the, what was the next post? Did you see the next post? Um, let me get They're similar here. in that they're rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I'll take that. <laughs> so just, just because something looks similar, I, I will, you know, I had to fight this when I was Sonic FX. I know Nick's fought it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But just because something looks the same, don't mean it is the same. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Wolfram's a great, great deal, right? So back in the day, uh, way back 2000 i couldn't tell you anything about their stuff now i know some people are running some wolfram stuff that's just loud but right. back in the day no wolfenhagen that's what it was wolfenhagen oh yeah and, yeah dude that thing looked just like yeah wolfenhagen looked just like my subwoofer swear to you <laughs> if somebody didn't see the dust cap they wouldn't know what it was go yeah. over and pick theirs up it weighed about four pounds <laughs> wolfenhagen wolfenhagen yes and then well, you pick up mine and it was like, you know, 42 pounds. So, but they looked exactly Dude. identical. Okay. So, so Dave clarified. Yeah. I didn't know if they're, yeah, no. Much. So I will give you objective history and I won't get negative about this. Okay. There was uh, when Scar first came out, uh, he asked me to help him design his first couple woofers, which I did. I OEM for him and brought them in for him. And then at a certain point he went off on his own way. And that's all I'll say about that. Okay. There it is. Yeah, there it is. 
So, but I want to talk about some cool tech stuff. So I don't want to get too in depth about some patent pendings, but uh, yeah, uh, Doug, you've been this a long time. You're you were here for the X Max Wars. You're familiar yes. with most flat BL typologies, uh, XBL squared, TCLMS, mm -hmm. and JL Audio's. Uh, I don't know if they named it or not, but they they use their DMA system, yeah. whatever they do with the W set, whatever they call it. Yeah. They got a flat BL. Yeah. yeah. Now there's one thing that all of these methods have in common. Okay. They can all be simulated in two-dimensional FEA, which means that you can simplify them into a cutaway, yeah. simulate yeah. into the FEA. You can see why it has a flat BL. Okay, uh, I have a patent pending for a flat BL technology for Sundown, which cannot be simulated in two-dimensional space. But you might think that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, so here, here's the problem, Lucky. I give up. I give up. <laughs> I give up. So, so Lucky finally installed his own deck the other day <laughs> <My own deck. laughs> and, it, and he really didn't install it he just unplugged the one that was there and plugged in a new one okay <laughs> so. i'm a pretty i'm a pretty simple guy man pretty simple guy i know so, how to turn the bass knob up and that's uh, about where it stopped right there so he, he is learning a little bit and i will tell you his his knowledge base though within doing these shows has gained i mean huge amounts right I mean, like I said, we've talked to Don Habig and Nathan Munson and yeah, yeah. you and uh, oh, DB Don's cool, man. I like oh yeah, Don. so DB Don's a little too uh, high end for the room because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I absolutely love his passion and all that. But when he starts talking stuff, it's like what you just said with uh, talking about the BL and all that, right? Flattening all. So, but everything he says for the entire hour is like that. I try to oh, keep, yeah. I try to keep it for like first, you know. So so okay, so you're saying that it cannot be duplicated three dimensional or yeah, two dimensional. You have to, you have to only do it three dimensional. Yeah, so that's so, so that what that means is you have to change something on the Z axis. Yeah. It's much and, more advanced. It's much more advanced, much more variable. Much he's more got a trophy. I'm, I'm just going to find something else to fucking do here. Man. I'm like so lost in the, it's like Nathan Munson and Don Hebe began all over. I'm just like, I'm so lost. So all of the, all of the different topologies have their strengths. Like JL yes. Audio's work great with a, with, with a long coil with a standard winding. The TC LMS works great with a long coil with a variable winding, which is also great. Uh, XBL squared is the superior topology for a shallow right. woofer. So what my, my thing was, I don't care how tall this thing is. I just want it to move the most. And, and have a strong motor force over the whole thing. Through the full so, width, right? So, so there's trade-offs, like the, the JL one, not so much. I'm not sure it works in more, with more layers or not, but we'll, we'll leave the JL one to the side because no one else can use it. So with LMS, uh, one of the problems you have with LMS is that you have a low BL in the center because the winding has a low density in the center. So it's really hard for you to get a super high BL. Mm -hmm. uh, XBL for, uh, has a short coil. And generally, when you put the rebate in there, you sacrifice BL. So what I'm doing is not doing any of that stuff. I have a ridiculous amount of B field completely flat. Um, and everyone's just going to have to wait to see my patent because I can't say too much yet. Okay. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I was playing with that. Um, you're familiar with the Elvis, right? That NCA bill, yeah. uh, uh, Memphis does. So I was yeah. playing with something like that, where you had to double stack your baskets to get the movement necessary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, my, on, that's on the suspension side. Yeah. So, 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 but I was limited in the suspension. Every yeah, time I, I would create my motor length, 
right? So because at, uh, this I actually did describe to you, Lucky. I was showing you how there's a magnetic field around the pole, and as you get further from the center, the pole, the magnetic field gets weaker, right? Remember me right. showing you that little with the circles? Right. I'm seeing I'm seeing the glazed look. Uh, oh no, I no, we had the talk. We had I know. The talk. Yeah, I, okay. I so so what it is is what he's saying is that where the strong point of that magnetic field is, he's extended it to a okay. very gotcha. much longer okay. throw yeah. so that yeah. as your subwoofer extends, it doesn't want to tilt and it doesn't want to right. lose thump, right? So Yeah, no, I totally get it's, that. Yeah. It's going at a certain speed up. Or down, doesn't matter. Just say up. It's going at a certain speed up. And as you get further and further away from the center of that field, it slows down and okay. wants to recoil and go back down. Well, he's saying he wants to continue that exact same speed through a longer range. Just a longer throw, yeah. Because I don't remember what the exact equation is, but for every centimeter you gain in excursion, it gains you X amount in SPL. Okay. So it's uh, you need four times the excursion to gain three dB at the same frequency. Wow. Yeah. So if it's you're actually, going one inch, you need to go four inches to get wow. okay. three All dB. Right. All right. Gotcha. A lot of the stuff works at these at these crazy levels that you wouldn't even fathom, you know. And that's one of the things that Dan taught me. Um, and it's funny since he's one of the leaders of the X Max Wars that he specializes in small speakers now. <laughs> <laughs> because small speakers, it's really hard to get a lot of output. Dave Bradshaw says it all sounds like warp speed to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll share this with you as well, Doug, since you like the flat BL thing. So that's one yeah. thing I'm working on. I haven't named it yet. Um, I did name the nightshade. Hey, it's, called... it's the Stockton effect. That's what it is. No. Uh, so the nightshade topology, which is like a modified radial, is called SAINT, Sundown Audio Intelligent Neodymium Technology. And so I have... The next thing I'm going to tell you is going to change the SPL scene uh, once, but I have to tool my Let's new baskets. Let's do it. I have to tool my version two baskets. Cause you're, if you recall 2012, I told my own series of baskets, which to this day, no other small company has done full series, eight, 10, 12, 15, 18. So I told them back then I'm working on version two. It'll be nine, 11, 13, 16, 19. Okay. Throwing that out there. I'm going to mess with everybody, but uh <laughs> I have to have that because my motor topology, I'm going to call it silver, silver devil is what I'm calling it. Okay. And, um, we're talking BL squared of our RE of probably 2000 or more. That's a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll be able to use large diameter voice calls for verts at that point because the mass will become irrelevant. Okay. So, so. For you, back when I was designing subwoofers, we were just starting with the four-inch coils, right? We were trying three-and-a-halves. Yeah. So we were trying fours. But the mass of the four-inch coil, mind you, remember the big amp was 2,000 watts. Yep. The the yep. mass of the uh, of the four-inch coil uh, would drop our FS so freaking low, and we would need right. so much to move it. FS that... goes too low. You get too much mass. It's yep. inefficient. And yep. so this is the problem. This is why we don't sell a lot of four-inch coil subs. You know, okay. even even with our team woofer, until you put five thousand watts on it, a ZV six is going to be louder. Right. But who's really doing that? Not that many people. So, like <laughs> to me, I was like, why am I going to sell you a woofer that's very rarely better for more money? Like, you know, I don't really want to do that. That's just not how I roll. Right. 
So this is why I came up with the Silver Devil technology. So I'm like, I'll be able to sell you a woofer with a giant coil that's not only handles more power, but is also louder at every amount of power. That's awesome. It's, it's interesting, and I actually designed it by accident. <laughs> I was making a sound quality subwoofer, <laughs> and uh, I had some crude simulations. I, I, this was before I had 3D, full 3D simulation capability. Okay. I was kind of like crudely simulating it, and I was like, I think this will be about right. So I get my underhung subwoofer back out with a one-inch long coil and a three-inch long gap, and my motor force factor was like 400. And I'm like, wait a second. That was way too much. My QTS was 0.1. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And that's with an underhung coil. I'm only using a third, a third of the gap. The, a 0.1, you can almost just stick that in a door and call it sealed. Yeah. So I was right? like, point, so this ain't right. So then I went back, and now that I can do 3D analysis, uh, I was like, man, this is, this is the ticket. So I'll be able to take it and stretch the coil out to not only fill the gap, which is a three-inch gap, not only fill the gap, but overhang the gap. And then you're talking having motor force factor in the thousands of a woofer that can move five inches peak to peak. I just want to see it. Your surround would look like a freaking wet rag. It's going to be the Mega W at that point. The Mega W surround is going to have Got you. Off. So that would be similar to like the stroker or, I mean, just as in a smaller yeah. way, but. It's a multi, multi-roll surround. Yeah. Yeah. But with the Mega W, the one thing that we've done, and I, I don't know if you've seen the discussion or not, but. No. The difference with the Mega W versus, for example, the Sur and Vega V-Flex, which was just two surrounds side by side, or a Pro Sound, which is just like little waves. Right. Every right. single roll on a Mega W is different. Okay, so it's a progressive roll like you would do in a Spider. Every one of them is different, and the suspension, uh, the, the uh, compliance is progressive, but we also have a flat zone in the center. Okay. So it's right. not completely progressive. It's not like this. It's like flat zone, then progressive. Okay. And so we tune the flat zone to the 70% BL zone of the motor, which is the 10% the distortion by clipper. And then after that, after the 70% BL range, then we tighten up. By the time we get to 50% BL, we're, we want to be at twice as steady. So then it, it, we're, all, we're taking a lot of the loading off of the spider because people are beat spiders to death now. And they're, oh, yeah. and they're, just, they're just fabric. And there's only so much they can handle. Right. Foam so is so much more resilient to this kind of abuse. So when we push some of that abuse tolerance into the surround, we're going to end up making the woofer also more durable. Well, uh, the problem with it is, though, uh, pests attack the surrounds. They don't attack the spiders. So yeah. depending on what part of the country you live in, there are pests that actually, you know. Um, but, you know, the worst pest on a surround is the guy installing it with a screw gun. Exactly. <laughs> and like somebody's dog or somebody's like yeah. whatever the case would be. Yeah. yeah so we're trying to um one of the problems that i've had making the mega w is that you know most foam surrounds are heat pressed right they take big stacks of foams and it, yep. they heat press it. so that creates actually a variable density along the along the roll which if you're trying to really tailor in the characteristics of suspension compliance really throws a wrench in everything and so i've been racking my brain and racking my connections to try to find someone to injection molds foam and my main supplier apparently did it for a short period of time. Didn't get any customers, sold all their machines. Whoa. <laughs> so, yeah. So now I've been searching the rest of China to try to – because I tried America. They were like, nah, we don't do that either. Right. And, again, that company ghosted me anyway. So, so. I would make a suggestion to you. Uh, look at boat manufacturers. They do injection foam. Uh, just, yeah. just saying there's one out here called Champion out here in California. And uh, All my options are open, so – 
Yeah. But I think I think I did find someone to do it for me because that means the density of the foam is exactly the same. Yes. So we don't have to worry about variable density. The only thing we're worrying about is the geometry at this point. And we can really dial it in. And I'm pretty excited about yep. that. Because and when you get to extreme levels of movement, mm -hmm. if you're just relying on your spider, you're going to have a problem. You're just going to have to start throwing them at RP. I mean, that guy <laughs> does pretty much – I mean, he does a crap ton of testing, right? I mean, he's he does, like, just constant testing. Those yeah. guys, like, Hank, is, Hank will do a whole build overnight. Like, yeah. That's, that's crazy. So Hank Veach. Yep. Hank Veach and Steve Herman are <laughs> uh, loose thump. Now you guys are talking uh, Lucky's language. Less boom boom. <laughs> hey, hey, trust me, guys. Um, I never said I was a technical guy. Um, so, yeah, if, if I had it my way, they would talk that language and I could understand better. But, you know, here I am. Whole, so. uh, you know, this reminds me of when I was on Everyday Audios. And so, uh, Doug, you are Taylor Fade and Lucky is uh, Brett. <laughs> you guys ever seen them yeah we actually uh i had them on base ed diaries when i was doing the live feeds yeah um, and they and we were going to cross promote with them a little bit and we just haven't had an opportunity to meet up with them uh you know got guys like you coming in and kip and you know it, it's it's hard for me to turn down you guys i got um uh kevin from uh who was who was it last week it was kevin from DD from Digital Designs, you know, yeah. it, it's still work with DD? he does. Okay, I thought he went somewhere else. No, so I mean, so it's hard to turn those guys down for another podcast, and it's not, you know, I got Scotty Johnson coming up. Um, that's my dad. That's your daddy. <laughs> he's he's, dad. he's your daddy. <laughs> uh, but you know, I got Scotty coming up and stuff like that. It's just. It's difficult yeah. for me to find a time to slot to get those yeah. guys on, you know. Yeah, Kip is great. Um, you guys are going to have fun with Kip. No, we did. We already had Kip on. Uh, Kip was uh, – he was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Kip's awesome. Uh, he introduced me to Steve, the owner of Kicker. And, uh, you know, I'm not a phone call man. I hate talking on the phone. Okay. But uh, I gave uh, Steve from Kicker my cell phone number. He has called me. <laughs> I was like, so, the, owner, the owner of Kicker just called me. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so I talked to a bunch of people, and they said Kip is the best guy for what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. To yeah, describe, yeah. he he was because uh, I wanted to find out about his new Solo X7 or Solo X12s. You know, and that, let me talk about that a little bit. It's a really cool sub. And it is. I, I see the haters coming out, and they just don't know, man. Like to see a company like Kicker come out and kind of like join like the X Max Wars thing yep. with a buffer that a lot of people can afford, in my opinion, is really cool. Oh yeah, absolutely, and the uh, availability of it. Um, and, and I'm not trying to downplay you or DC or well, Incriminate. I mean, we all know Kicker is the big guy, you know. Dude, like Kicker and Rockford Fosgate, they have. I'm I'm betting they have close to million, uh, dis places that di distribute them throughout the sure. world, right? And you guys absolutely don't. So some people that can make a woofer that gives a entry level into the SPL world, that I'm all about that. That's There's awesome. There's a lot of really cool design features in that new driver. There are. I was wanting to see the final version to comment too much, but I know on the prototype, uh, I really like they had the aluminum dust cap. I'm not sure if that made it to production, but that was a really cool idea. Uh, it didn't, didn't make it to production. The spiders are like really high quality. Mm -hmm. um, Again, I've seen two versions. Like the one that I saw most recently looked like it was a silicone impregnated spiders, which is a pretty cool technique. Mm -hmm. Generally for pro audio, it makes them last a really long time. Yeah. Uh, 
very effective, very effective uh, airflow mechanism in the driver, you know? So like, I was like, man, this is great. And like, it's really cool to see them step forward. And um, I was also happy to see the new Rockford drivers. I mean, honestly, the new Rockford 19 is like a really an engineering masterpiece. It's expensive, but it's a great driver. Well, I'm gonna have to talk to him about it then, right? All right, guys, we're over the hour already. Um, I appreciate Jacob. I'm having a great time with you. Uh, Lucky, I hope you're having a good time with us. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've learned so much um, about the alphabet and B's and L's and B's and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're going to help you out anytime you need to. Um, Jacob, I wanted to thank you. Where can somebody get all your stuff, uh, you know, get uh, contact JB? with you? <laughs> yeah. Where do people buy Sundown from? Sound for Sound Shop, Audio Apex, Woofers, et cetera, are our guys online. Okay. Uh, if they're, So we do have a handful of retailers watching us. Where do they get their your stuff? So uh, if you if you don't have a distributor local, you can call Sundown Direct. If you're in like Ohio, Florida area, you can get Wholesale House. Wholesale House is also expanding out into uh, the West. Okay. They're about in the West pretty soon, so that's pretty cool. But if you if you're a retailer, you don't have Wholesale House local, you just get direct with us. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you don't mind hanging on for just a minute here, I'm going to go over a couple things real quick. I am going to switch over here. I am going to show you guys Brandy Korth made this flyer up. This is for West Coast World Finals. We got Gary Killian coming out here. He's going to barbecue. Gary Killian's a hey, he's a trained chef. Yes. Oop, did I lose you? Oh, there he goes. Never mind. Um. Anyway, so Gary Killian's coming out here. He's going to be barbecuing. He's going to be making chicken and tri-tip for you guys that back <laughs> east that don't know what tri-tip is. He's going to be. Oh, hold on. I don't have you on the screen yet. I'll, I'll get back to you, Jacob. Just hold on. Anyway, so this is the flyer. We're going to do pre-sales, $25 a person. Uh, if you buy at the event, it's $30 a person. It's going to be with uh, two different sides, chicken and uh, tri-tip. So it's going to be October 16th, Saturday, 7 p.m., and it'll be at the racetrack. Now let me go back to here. What what were you going to show us? What do you have I had to, to go over to my, I had to go over to my pantry. Oh, yeah. that's He's yeah. going to bring that with him? He's he's going to rub your butt? That's right. That. So I, I put this shit on everything, so I recommend everybody do the same. Yep. No, <laughs> Gary Killing, he's going to have some for sale at the event. Um, Lucky. Any so, final uh, words? Go ahead. Yeah, Jose Jose Ramos just chimed in saying that. Uh, so Jose Ramos and family they got uh, Fat Boys Carcero in Oakland, California. Mm -hmm. Said, how does he become an SD uh, dealer? Jose, uh, give Donnie a call at Sundown Audio. He uh, is my cousin and he runs our dealer program. He can get you set up, man. A little nepotism, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have a lot of family, actually. I don't know if you know this, uh, but I have uh, two of my cousins, my mom. My wife and my wife's a good friend working for me. That's actually awesome. Dude, that, that's, that's great. That's, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, that I mean, it, and some people that don't own businesses don't understand, um, which is, in my mind, is way cool, is you're not just responsible for your business going. Now you have, what, seven, eight families that yeah, you're responsible have, uh, for their 25, income. 25 people counting part-time right now. Yeah, and and, you know, uh, and, and as an owner for most of these companies, we take, I, I own, I have 14 employees. Uh, we take it as a personal thing of, hey, you know, we're responsible for some, 
for supplying these families with the living. Yeah. So Jose wanted me to repeat that. Jose called Donnie, talked to Donnie, and he will Number? tell you eight two eight four five nine nineteen eighty. So you can listen to that back, right. uh, or Jacob might even put it in the in the chat when he's done, maybe. So if he wants. Um, okay. So lucky. What else? Did you have anything else? Uh, lots no, of lots I mean, next weekend. What the hell can I ask in this conversation? Jeez, this, this is another one of them where I was just like deer in headlights. Um, no, yeah, you, you can go to com, and also we got Surf City coming up. Man, I cannot wait for that. Um, I don't know if you actually said, are you going to be going to Surf City, I was, Jacob? I was going to go to Surf, and then it got moved, and now I can't go. And I'm really sad about it. Yeah. Because I yeah. love it. Yeah, the Surf's like my favorite show. I, that's That was my first big show. Love it. So it was one of those things where it did screw everything up. Everybody's planned for that day. And I was like, shit, that's going to screw everything up. But mm -hmm. I got, I got to still go. I still got to go. That's just a I, I ended up having place. some conflicts of schedule and God, I love surf so much, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't we'll, do it. We'll have to invite you out here for Autorama. Uh, once I can get that going again. Um, I'm hoping the world goes back to like somewhat sanity. And then I, right. <laughs> yeah. I really haven't been hardly anywhere. I, I haven't flown since this whole thing started okay. you know yeah uh what's jacob's email address it's jacob at sundownaudio.com yes sir it's really sim simple um so anyway uh once again uh so for me if you guys want to support our show we appreciate it bring you more content like this we have a link in the description it is uh venmo at sonic fx and cash app dollar sign sonic fx we take whatever you guys will give us we appreciate it we share it equally we do have costs that are incurred during this show but uh once again i want to thank jacob fuller for being here uh thank you team dc lucky he'll be driving out to um surf city surf city this coming weekend so if you guys want any of the lots of watts stuff uh, make sure to hit him up. Go to lotsofwatts.com. Buy some of his junk. You got. He needs to get gas money to get out there. So. Did he just say junk? He's fucking calling himself <laughs> junk. Buy some of his junk. Silent. Wow. Well, it, buy some of his lifestyle apparel. <laughs> That's where we put it. <laughs> yes, lifestyle buy apparel. Buy some of his fucking junk. <laughs> nah. This, hey, buy help out, Lucky. Always help a base head anytime you can. Uh, always support the small shops, support the, the retailers that uh, support DB Drag, support the manufacturers that support DB Drag and other organizations like Sundown Audio. We appreciate you guys for coming out. Uh, cool. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, help us out with a tip if that's what you want to do. But uh, we, we will see you guys next Monday, 6 p.m. on Sonic FX on This Week in Car Audio. See you guys.